Well, Eagle fans, after today's game, I've only got one thing to say. And that is, can't say it didn't warn you. Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening. Whatever time of the day it is, you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Well, the end of the regular season is here. The playoffs start next week, and somehow, someway, our Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs. They don't deserve to be there. They really don't deserve to be there. And if you think, if you're out there thinking that they deserve to be in this game next week, have you been paying any attention to the last six weeks? Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. I've got a lot to talk about. I'm going to try not to, you know, do another vent podcast because, believe me, there's even more to vent about than even the past couple of weeks. But I've been mentally preparing myself and trying to do the same for you, the audience, to prepare to be disappointed in his team. Because as I've mentioned the last two or three podcasts, but especially the last podcast, I've seen enough. I have seen enough. I said two or three podcasts ago that this team was a facade. That they are one and done in the playoffs. And that this team is cooked. Now, some of you. To be fair, and I certainly understand, you may not have share the same view as me. That's perfectly fine. I'm just going to ask, do you share that same view now? Do you? Because I'm thinking if you're not sharing that same view now, what is left out there for you to have one ounce of optimism that this team is going to somehow flip a switch, reverse the sinking ship. I don't know what other metaphor I'm going to use. Analogy you want me to use? Um, Comparison you want me to use? What is left for you to somehow believe in this team anymore? This team itself has been telling us for well over a month, going on a month and a half, that they don't even believe they're good. They don't. There's no heart. There's no fight. 
There's no resistance. There's no nothing going on here. And they're getting worse. They're actually getting worse. As bad as last week's game was. They got worse today. Now, you're probably thinking I'm going to start off this podcast by patting myself on the back and saying how right I was from my last podcast when I spent 40 minutes talking about what a stupid idea it was to play the starters in this game. Need I say more? If anyone's listening to this podcast and did not listen to episode 183, which is the last episode, please do. I urge you to please listen to that podcast because I laid it out in specific detail. Exactly what happened today. Exactly. Now, honestly, you know, I was trying to prevent all this. Now, I don't, I obviously have no say in the matter. The Eagles are going to do what they're going to do. My, I don't have a direct ear to the Eagles. Or else you damn well know I would have been telling them the same thing. Don't play the starters. Now, it is, you know, I was saying that the that the kind of the debate last week was like 50-50, but after I did that podcast, there was more and more talk. Like I said, as the week went on, there was more and more debating about that. Now, I started right off the bat. Like I said, I was leading the charge. I was the guy, in the, the head of the pack of those out there, and there were... Not a 50-50 split. I'll get to that in a minute. As the week went on, it was I was in the minority. But I said right after the Arizona game, right after that game and that podcast, that post-game podcast against Arizona, which was episode, I don't know, 180, what, 2, 181, whatever. Whatever that one is. In that one, before my last podcast, when I spent 40 minutes digging into it deeper and sharing with you some of the debates I was having within the social social media circles. Right after the Arizona game, I said, do not play the starters against the Giants. That it made no sense. It's a meaningless game. You know, your miracle, those hoping against hope that, you know, the commanders were going to somehow beat Dallas, I said was a, was a, a dream, uh, the impossible dream, whatever you want to call it. Not going to happen. Never was going to happen. Never. The Eagles lost the number two seed and the NFC East when they blew chunks against the Cardinals. That's when the division was, God, goodbye. See ya. Sayonara. Here you go, Cowboys. Which is what I said after, in that podcast. That post-game podcast, I said, you've handed the Cowboys the division. That's when it was lost, which is why if the Eagles brass, if the Eagles media, 
most of the ones who were calling it how ridiculous and I don't I can't even see that side of the art I can't I can't believe people are even saying not to start the start you have to start the starters because the, the you know the division's still out out there no you don't no you don't you can still use your brain between your ears and know that yes while technically the Eagles still had a miracle shot of winning the east if against all odds, all odds, Dallas somehow lost to the Commanders, who again had more incentive to lose that game than win. And Dallas being a far superior team, if it just was not going to happen. That was never part of the equation, if you thought logically. But so many bozos in the media. And I'm talking the big guys, the Rob Ellis's of the world on WIP, um, the John um, McMillan, um, God, John McMullen. You know, these are guys who I respect a lot. Ruben Frank, Dave Zangaro, Sal Palatonio. Broads, you know, those of you, um, these names I'm giving out, if you're not in the Philly area, you probably don't know who I'm talking about. Maybe Sal Palantonio do because he's a national guy. But those of you who are in the Philly area know exactly who I'm talking about. All of them, every single one of those guys who, again, I have a lot of respect for. I'm not trying to, um, you know, disrespect them in any way. But they're wrong. And in the post games, I haven't heard from all of them yet. I had to get on the, you know, do my post game podcast at some point here. But I did spend some time and then come right on after the game. Because why? Why why am I just going to, not going to get on here and rant again? Because I know this team stinks. And I've known it for a while. And I knew that starting the player starters this week was another stupid ass idea. Putting the, Starters at risk. And we're going to get to that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we are. Just hold on. If there's going to be a vent, that's when you're going to hear it. But we'll get there in a minute. All of them. Who, again, I have tremendous respect for. But not one of them. This is where I'm surprised. Not one of them. Thought logically as I was. Not one of them. Took a moment to even give it a little bit of a thought about not playing the starters in this meaningless game on the worst turf in the NFL. Not one of them. Not one of those guys I mentioned. Um, I don't know the early, the morning host on WAP. He, um, it's the guy that talks to John Ritchie. I don't know his name. But the guy that's on with Ritchie in the morning, that guy. He agreed with me. Later in the week, it took him a while to address it, but he did. So a few people out there were thinking straight. I shared a lot of the feedback 
last podcast when I talked about this at length. All the morons, I don't mind calling them that because they were calling me every other name in the book. Thinking I was ridiculous. And that was just total nonsense the way I was thinking about, you know, starting. I mean, uh, resting the starters. And the, calling the game meaningless. Oh, that, that word really triggered them. Even though it was a meaningless game. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, folks. The Eagles turned that meaningless game into a meaningful game. Now it's a meaningful game. You know why it's a meaningful game? Because the Eagles did start their starters on the worst turf in the NFL in a meaningless game. That's what made it meaningful. Why? Why, you ask? Well, I have four or five reasons why. Where should I start? Oh, okay. Let's start with our number one wide receiver who went down with a knee injury early on in the first quarter. Right off the bat, we lose our number one wide receiver. How long? I don't know. Looks like he might have torn his MCL. Maybe it's just a, a stretched MCL. Either way, even if he is able to play next week, you think he's 100%? Nope. But hey, guess what? Would he have been 100% if he didn't play in this game? There are times I hate being right. I didn't want to be right. But I was right about it all. Unfortunately. Oh, okay, let's go to number two. Sidney Brown, oh, our promising safety. Oh, yeah, he did actually tear his ACL in the game. Again, in the first quarter, even before Brown's injury. I don't even think Sidney Brown played five minutes. And he was out for the season. But we needed to start our starters in this one. The second seed was still alive. We needed to prove that we... Uh, can you know can can fix the problems and and build confidence? Oh, really? Well, let's talk about that then, and then we'll get back to the other injuries. Because yes, there's more. So, with the starters in there, how much confidence do they build today? Against the crappy Giants. Let me ask you again. Would it have been better to have not started the starters in this game? Because what they did accomplish was to make even more questions about how badly this team has fallen. Now, listen, I'm not going to beat you guys up too bad. The ones that are were thinking that I was ridiculous in my train of thought. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to beat you up. I'm not. Because we're all we're all pissed right now. We're all Eagles fans. And we all know this team stinks. And we know this team's not going anywhere. I'm assuming that 
Everybody knows that now. Uh, if there's any outliers on there that still think this team's going somewhere, well, again, good for you. I'm glad you still have hope. Back to the injuries. Reed Blankenship, our other starter, safety, leaves the game in the first half, out for the rest of the game. There's three players hurt, not even through the first half yet. Oh, and then Jurgens goes out. Our starting offensive lineman with an injury doesn't return. Now, he may not have returned because at the time they basically pulled the starters out finally anyway when they were down 24 to nothing at halftime to the New York Giants. Yes, 24 nothing down to the New York Giants. Okay, let's save one of the best injuries for last. Oh. Our quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Would you have thought maybe we should have not played him in this game now? Maybe that would have been a smart idea? Oh, but he did play. Played badly again. We'll talk about that later. But before the first half, he breaks his finger. Or dislocates it, or I don't know what happened to it, but it certainly wasn't looking like a normal finger. And it's his throwing hand. Of course it's his throwing hand. Why was he playing today? Because he didn't listen to Philadelphia Eagles talk with Jeff. Who have not played any of the starters today in this meaningless game. So, let's recap. Eagles, start everybody today, except Fletcher Cox. We don't know why they gave him the break, but okay. Swift was probably would have played too, but he was ill. So thankful for that, because probably he would have been on the injury list for something. They were smart enough at least to keep Devontae Smith, who has been battling a knee injury from last week. At least they didn't start him, so they weren't super dumb. Everybody else started. And five starting players were all injured in the first half. Our quarterback, our number one wide receiver, our starting safety, our backup safety, our starting offensive lineman, and did I say the quarterback? I may have. There's such a long list for just one half. Now, I wouldn't spend a heck of a lot of time on it if I wasn't so accurately predicted what the outcome was of being so boneheaded and to start starters in this game that meant nothing. You had an opportunity to rest these guys who need the rest and also, of course, prevent injury so you can better position yourself for next week. 
but hardly anybody was talking about that. Nobody even mentioned it. Even now, they haven't even mentioned it. I listened to some of the post games today. Nobody even said anything. Nobody even said with any type of regret or acknowledgement, oh, man, you know what? Second thought, I wish the Eagles just didn't play their starters. They're still not even thinking about that. Or maybe they are, but they're not mentioning it on the air. Maybe behind the scenes they're like, yeah, shoot, you know? You know those wackos we were talking about during the week that were calling in and saying that we shouldn't have started the players? Or played, shouldn't have played the starters? Damn. They were right. I haven't heard any of that yet. I don't know if we will. A lot of those guys have egos and probably not going to share that with the audience. But it was dumb from the beginning. There was nothing to gain from playing your starters in this game. Nothing. I knew Dallas would crush Washington. Washington has nothing to play for. The only thing they have to play for is to lose that game so they keep their number two pick. And Dallas, like I said, is far better team, and they were not going to lose that game. That's why that was never a factor. I said the Eagles lost that whole hope and opportunity for the second seed last week against the Cardinals. Once that was all done and, and gone, you rest the guys this week. You don't play the starters, and then you focus on Tampa. But nope. Only a few of us, you know, I said initially it was like 50-50. It was probably more 75-25. 75 saying starters must play. The second seed's still out there, and we need to get some momentum going in against the Buccaneers. So apparently beating the lowly Giants would have given them momentum, which is another ridiculous commentary. So stupid. Now, I'm, I'm done talking about that. Everything I said was been confirmed. Everything that I predicted happened. Now, the bigger concern. Outside of the injuries that should never have happened. This team stinks. I'm only using the word stinks because I'm trying to keep the program clean. And it's been hard to do that the last few weeks. I've let a few uh, curse words go, and I'm going to try not to do that. But this team is awful. This team may be the worst. I mean, it's a, this is definitely the most talented Eagles team that has stunk as bad as they stink. Because this team is talented, and that's why... There's some serious shaking up that's got to happen in this team. And it may go all the way to the head coach. Now, I'm not, I'm still not willing to sit there and make a call to fire Sirianni, but he is on thin ice. The 
offensive and defensive coordinators. The Eagles need to go outside of the system and bring in guys here that freaking know what they're doing. And I don't even know if Desai was isn't even that bad, but they blew that whole relationship up when they made the change. Because Desai, even though the Eagles were performing bad defensively against really good teams, some of the top teams in the league. And ever since they made their move to Patricia, they've been worse every week. They haven't gotten any better. I'm pretty sure they would have played a little better defensively had they stuck with Desai. And you got to think from a player's perspective, when they see the Eagles make this move like that, how do they have any trust in what's going on with what they're being coached? Major problems in this team. That's why they're going nowhere. That's why when all this stuff started to happen weeks ago, I said, I pulled the plug on them. You could say, oh, you, you know, and I, I had people telling me, not in this program necessarily, but some of the social media circles that I was quitting on a team. Not real fan. And all this other garbage and nonsense. Because I identify what's going on and, and I can see what's happening here. Which you, for some reason, whoever I was responding to, couldn't. I'm the one that's quitting on the team. No, I'm just telling you this team is done. Now, two or three weeks later, in some of these discussions I was having, they've shown and been telling you with, with shouting it to the heavens. Shouting it to the to the world that they're done. There's nothing left in this Eagles team. I don't know. I, the only question I can't answer is why and how. Because I, I don't know. But this team got lost somewhere. Between, or I should say after the Cowboys, um, after the 49ers and Cowboy losses. After those two beatings, this team has not responded. It's been lifeless. It's been bad. It's been getting worse. And all this talk that they that the players have been given for the last month, every single week after each loss, about how I believe in this team and you know we're going to get things straightened out. We're going to go back to work. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. This, you know, this team's not going to give up. Blah blah blah. blah. Well. As the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. This team can't tackle. This team's not showing any effort. Uh, our quarterback is regressing. The offense continues to play, uh, call plays that are just pathetically horrible. It's like we only have like four or five plays in our playbook. It's about the most vanilla offense I've ever seen with all this talent we have. Defensively, is just abysmal. No pass rush again. Can't stop the pass. Can't stop the run. Missed assignments. Blown coverages. Offensively, can't block the blitz suddenly. Jalen can't read the blitz, can't read defenses, continues to just throw up Hail Mary's hoping their receivers come down with it, getting picked off, leaving the pocket too early on almost every freaking play. 
and we lose all our guys. We, you know, we lose, we lose players for some for the season. And it's just all could have been prevented. The injuries could have been prevented. Another embarrassment to this starting to the starters could have been prevented by not playing the damn starters in a game that meant nothing. And they could be more rested for next week, too. So healthy and more rested for next week. But nope. Not only are they not healthy, they are not rested. And we have another game where they performed like garbage. So there goes your momentum argument. Eagles lost 27 to 10, by the way. Yes, to the Giants, team that they dominate. They were down 24 to nothing at halftime to the Giants. If that doesn't speak volumes to how far this team has sunk. By the way, I got to clear up a mistake that I made in my last podcast when I was talking about the turf in New York. I said that uh, Bradley Chubb um, wrecked his knee on that field. It actually was not that field. I thought they were playing the Jets last week. Um, and um, I was wrong. They were playing the Ravens. So he got hurt in the Ravens game. So that was a mistake. So I got to clear that up. That's my fault. But um, it still doesn't take away the fact that that, te- that field is the worst in the league in uh, causing injury. It just happens that Chubb's injury was not on that field. So I made a mistake there. I wanted to, wanted to clarify that. But uh, the other injury that I was trying to think of uh, during that podcast when I was referring to the uh, turf, um, one of the other major injuries that I forgot to mention, I mean, it was at the top of my head, but I just could not think of it at the time, was the Aaron Rodgers, which was a complete turf injury. It was basically an innocent play, but his uh, foot got stuck in the turf and he popped his uh, Achilles tendon. So, yes, it wasn't Chubb that got injured on that field as like far as being a big star, but it was Aaron Rodgers and others throughout the course of the season, of course. But anyway, had to fix that a mistake. Chubb did not get injured on the on that field. So, you know, I talked about Washington, had, you know, had, that they had packed it in on the season, and that's one reason why I said those of you who thought that they had any shot at heck of beating the Cowboys, you know, weren't paying any attention to Washington in recent months, in a recent month. You know, that, that team packed in a long time ago. And what's ironic about that is little did I even know or recognize, really, for a while, that the Eagles packed it in about 
five, six weeks ago. They're the only team in the NFL who ever started the season 10-1 and one and finished with a 11-6 and six record. Now, that's mainly because there's an extra game. Uh, the, the Jets in 1986 were the only other team to have such a collapse in the second half of the season after starting out with 10 wins to be in 10 and 1. So there we go, guys. We are compared to the 1986 Jets as far as the biggest collapses in NFL history. That's one thing they have accomplished. All right. But this team, with all the talk about we're going to get better, we're going to fix these problems, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We got fighters in this team. Uh, this team has been through, you know, know how, you know, we, we know how to get, you know, get through this, blah, blah, blah. All this coach speak and players speak. Actions speak louder than words. You guys haven't responded to Jack Squat. team's never recovered from those two beatdowns against Dallas and the 49ers. Which leads me to believe that once they got their butts kicked in both of those games, that this team just packed it in. There was no heart, no fight, no let's get better so we could beat these teams going to face them down the road in the playoffs at some point. Nope. They just took both of those whippings and left with a tail between the legs and essentially have not, not put any effort into trying to, to get better to compete with those games. They've gotten worse competing against crappy teams. Which then points to coaching. The coach has not been able to get this team to believe and respond. Talking is cheap. You can say these things and try to fool the media or fool the audience. And they're thinking, oh, yeah, we got the answers. You clearly don't have the answers. This team is lost. The coaching as coaches has lost this team. They don't believe in what the coaches are telling them or any of these, quote, fixes that they have. And I don't know if I can blame the players because if they're calling these same stupid plays and obviously in the offense and, and defensively not being able to, to – to, they're still doing the same stupid crap they've been doing all year, really but have been exposed to after playing some of the really good, better teams there. No changes. I mean, it's just been it's getting progressively worse. So they've had no, no response whatsoever. I, I'm so sick of hearing Sirianni and the coaches talk about the standard. Well, we haven't. We didn't play up to our standard. We need to play to our standard. What's your standard? Your standard is pretty low because this team's playing so piss poor that it's not a it's not this unachievable standard. That's for sure. My God, can we just see them play better? Yeah, that would be a standard I would take right now. They haven't achieved that standard in a month. 
Over a month. What is the standard, coach? I'd really like to know the answer to that question. You would like to think the standard. I don't know what the standard is. I, I, need, I need somebody in the press to ask Sirianni, what is the standard that he keeps referring to? What's the process that he keeps referring to? The process to get to the standard. What is that? Define it. You know, Sirianni in his post-game press conference said, you know, he started naming off names. The offense knows how to fight. I know how to fight. The defense knows how to fight. Our players know how to fight. Our coaches know how to fight. Our administrators know how to fight. Our trainers know how to fight. No, you don't. B.S. B.S. You guys don't know how to fight. You know what you know how to do? Fold. You fold really well. Fight my ass. This team's got no fight whatsoever. It's part of the problem. Be easier to digest some of these losses if we actually saw some effort and some fight and some heart. Not only are they getting their asses kicked, missing tackles, missing assignments, throwing interceptions. But there is none of that. There is no heart. There is no fight. This team's lifeless. And that gets the coaching. And it's on the players, too, of course. But the coaches, they can't. That's not accepted. That's not acceptable. You can't accept that. I wasn't a, a pro player. My, my, my high school coaches wouldn't accept that from me or anyone on the team. My little league, you know, whether it's baseball, uh, senior league, high school, none of those coaches that I grew up with would accept any of that. Coaching's a big problem here. And, you know, I, I don't know if, if the answer is to fire Sirianni. I mean, I, I generally like the guy, but he's he looks lost. He looks lost. He looks like he has no answers. He clearly has no answers. His team has not responded. I, the only reason why I'm giving him a break is because I said before the season started that it's going to be a huge challenge and the big concern of mine that the Eagles lost both their offense and defense coordinator. That typically does not happen if ever happened. Usually Super Bowl teams, both the winning team and the losing team, do have their coaches picked out or picked off, I should say, from uh, you know from other teams looking to hire new coaches and whatnot. And that happened to the Eagles on both sides of the ball. And that absolutely is a factor in this team. And that was a huge concern of mine to start the season. And that has reared its ugly head. Took a while, though. Took a while. But when it mattered, 
it's been an alarming situation with the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. And, of course, ultimately reflects on head coach because he hasn't been able to fix it either. Doesn't have any answers. So it's going to be Tampa Bay in Tampa who barely beat the, the um, Carolina Panthers today. They won 9 to nothing. They I don't think they scored a touchdown. I don't know if they kicked three field goals. I didn't watch much of the game. Um, maybe they scored a touchdown and, and missed an extra point. I'm not sure. But anyway, they lost, They beat the Carolina Panthers 9 to nothing. I mean, as badly as the Eagles are playing – they have a team that is actually beatable next week. Do I think they're going to win? No. I'm just saying that's a team that you don't even have to play well and you can still beat. It's just not a good team. But we'll talk about that more later in the week. I'm not saying at all that I'm, like I said, I've already said the Eagles are going to lose. I said that weeks ago, the Eagles are going to be one and done. Not changing my tune now. I'm just saying the first round opponent is one that they could play crappy and still beat. That's, they just got a pretty easy draw, believe it or not, for falling to a fifth seed. I mean, the Rams, who are a, a lower seed, uh, have a tougher game. Um, I should say what I meant by that is uh, the Rams would have been a tougher game than the Bucks, and they were a lower seed. The Rams are ranked lower than the uh, than the Bucks are, you know. So, folks, I I don't know what else to say. I'm not gonna. I don't really. Um, I don't want to sit there and just beat up this team more than I already have. What's the point? You know, I think most of us understand now that this team's not good. We'll all, of course, cheer them on next week. I'm not saying we're not going to be fans, and obviously, um, you know, we're going to cheer them on. They're our Eagles. But it's just so sad and unfortunate what happened to a 10-1 and team. It's it's incredible to even, like, say that this team was 10-1 and because, my God, they're nowhere near. They they play been playing like a one in ten team. So we'll be back later this week to uh, discuss it further. By the way, you can uh, email me your thoughts. Let me know what you think. Um, love to hear from you. Petwgp at gmail.com. Let me know what your thoughts are. And uh, I don't know what else to say. You know, we'll move on. We'll move on from here. We'll pick ourselves up, and um, we just got to hope that uh, these injuries are not as bad as we thought, other than I think uh, it sounds like we're getting reports that Sidney Brown tore his ACL. The other guys, we're going to hope that uh, maybe they're not hurt as bad as as, uh, as originally looked. All right. With that said, I know it's a tough one. Probably tough to even listen to my podcast, but I appreciate you being here. Thank you, as always, for listening to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. We'll be back later in the week. 
we'll talk about the Tampa Bay game and the developments and uh, reports on the injury, status of injuries. And uh, until then, take care. Fly goes fly. We'll catch you later.